After hours at the mall, a killer drowns their victim in the first floor fountain. Realizing they are losing their purchase in the world of the living, the victim grabs a handful of change and holds three pennies in their left hand. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Conan Episode 1, The Roller Coaster Murder Case, which is also known as Case Closed Episode 1, The Big Shrink. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, and I've recently cracked the code to the master lock on my gym locker after a few years, and honestly, I wish I hadn't. Alright, so what we do on this podcast, we watch detective anime, and we are starting on the grandmother of all detective animes, <laughs> Detective Conan, which has, is nearing its 1,000th episode. Um, you can actually watch episode one, you can find it on Crunchyroll, if you want to watch before you listen, because there's actually two murders in this episode, some other surprises that we're going to start spoiling right away. If you've never seen this show and you want to check it out, you can watch it there. But you can also listen along, maybe you don't have time for that. But we got some other folks here. It's not, just, it's not just me. And let me start by introducing our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky. You continue to live with me. You continue to watch anime, be an anime guy. And in speaking of being an anime guy, you, you recently colored your hair green. Yeah, well, it's like mostly green. Well, you know, I tried to lighten my hair like using like a, a gentle lightening kit, which it turns yeah. out probably had dye in it. It wasn't just bleach, which is BS because there's like blonde bits throughout especially up front so i kind of like accidentally yugioh'd myself like i'm not totally mad about it <laughs> but like it, it wasn't on purpose it works <laughs> and that was my follow-up question is which anime character with green hair were you trying to emulate I, well i was going for blue so none <laughs> i was wondering if i should have said you had blue hair yeah it's it was like seafoam green initially but it's clearly faded to just flat out green which is fine well, for all the audience cares, you are a voice, and you are going to tell us something. What have you got for us today? Uh, well, uh, we might as well talk about Case Closed, Noah, since you brought it up a little <laughs> bit earlier. And the weird approach to dubs that want to pretend they're in America. I don't know what it is. Sometimes they're just like, well, wouldn't this be better if they all had white people names and we like pretended like this was like an American town and tried to erase all the culture? Case Closed was a very weird thing. Do you know what years it was? when this was airing as a dub? It's like the early 2000s, right? Yeah, I think so. Because Case Closed airing on Adult Swim is how I first saw this show, and it is a direct uh, root cause of the fact that we have this podcast today was me staying up late at to like 2 a.m. to watch Case Closed on Adult Swim in like middle school or something. And yeah, I didn't have any problems with it when I was watching it back then as a dub. Yeah, I mean, the they were just it was just Jimmy and Rachel and stuff. The voice cast was fine. Like, I actually didn't have any complaints about, like, the general writing and dubbing, but the weird decision of, like, you're going to have white people names because that's easier. Yeah, I will say for a murder mystery, like, with the random incidental characters, it's e it is easier for an American audience to just, to, you know, pick up the, these characters of the week. But, eh, they could have kept it as it is. One thing we'll keep an eye out for as we go through Detective Conan over the years is some of these dub changes and things like that with the episodes that were 
dubbed, which is only like up to 100 something of, you know, there's 10 times more that it hasn't been dubbed. Yeah. (laughs) Before I introduce our guest, when did you first watch Case Closed, Michael? At the same time, also watching it on Adult Swim when it aired as a dub. Hmm. I see. Yeah, so that was uh, 20 plus years ago or something like that. Well, because this is a pilot episode, we had to bring back our now established to be pilot person because she was here with us for the pilot episode of Detective Academy Q, which might already be a hint as to who this person is. Okay, so this person, she's a very funny person. She's a regular on Oh Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. It's still true that she was a teammate of mine on two Shakespeare and improv teams. And one time she solved the mystery of the feline affection. I've cracked the case. It's three-time dying message guest, Katie Swerko. Hello! I'm back again. Welcome back. <laughs> this really does feel like a Team Rocket thing where I just keep showing up. <laughs> Stealing our Pikachus. I hope you got your pilot license. Ugh. You know, it, people can go back to, I th- is it? It's episode one of our podcast that you were on. Yeah, the very first episode. Mm-hmm. But if they haven't seen that, just give them the lowdown on like how much of an anime person you are, how much of a mystery person you are, and what kinds of detective anime you've seen. Anime, detective animes I've watched have been the episodes that Noah and Mike have asked me to watch. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've watched, I would say, a decent, uh, a layman's person's amount of anime where I'm not an expert, but I'm not, like, brand new to the situation. But in terms of mysteries, I am a big, like, true crime murder mystery person. Like, that SNL sketch that was about murder shows. Like, I felt very seen by all those, like, white women singing about murder shows. (laughs) Um, In the timeline of when we're recording this, I think that was just this past weekend. (laughs) Yes, it was just, so, uh, yeah, just this past weekend. So, yeah, I I really like anime. I think it's a wonderful um, art form and it's a wonderful like vehicle for storytelling. Maybe not. I would say in the the genres of anime, probably murder mystery is not my favorite, but I still enjoy it. Oh, wow. Stop the tape. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's bring I, it. I, I think it's also because I'm only watching pilot episodes. So Probably. Like... <laughs> this is such an atypical episode for this show, and the way it's structured is... Uh... Slapdash? Yeah, it, it, there's, a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, what was your overall first impression before we go um, into the details? It felt like I was watching three or four chunks of episodes instead of like it felt like you know i know that pilots the whole point of pilots is to drop a lot of information quickly because you want to like set the stage so that that the action can happen but some of the stuff that was dropped i was like wait what huh (laughs) that's because it's a mystery like i assumed (laughs) that the opening scene was gonna be like not you know, like that classic anime thing where like the opening, like the, the title credits don't really relate super hard. Yeah. Like they relate, but it's not like, um, you know, it's it feels like a little bit of a, a, a zag when the show zigs. But I was like, okay, cool. They're just setting this up. It's a murder mystery. And it's like, oh, no, that's just the episode. Okay. I thought this was in a theme park. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, I think actually we'll end up talking about the opening song more next week because there is like a real anime opening where that same song plays over a series of, you know, images and things. And this yeah. week they put it over action of the episode, which is definitely confusing. Yeah, I couldn't help but think that how jarring this must be, especially for someone who doesn't know, like, this is the opening theme or is watching this blind, where it's like this boppy sort of thing. and But it's like <laughs> a creepy guy lurking through the darkness and someone getting shot. But it's like, da 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 Like... It's, it does it doesn't go together. Yeah. It's great though. Um, um my husband Rob and I were watching it together and we were both like, "Oh, this theme song is great." Like most anime theme songs are wonderful, but like that was like very fun. And there's an English version too that Ooh. they recorded for the dub. It's hmm. it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so clearly like we are raring to go. So Michael, is there anything else that we haven't already told the audience? Uh, what do we need to know about Detective Conan? What do we need to know about Detective Conan? Do we spill all the beans right here? Right here, all the beans? We got to spill some of the beans. Okay, well. <laughs> Especially uh, for Katie, who who like left this episode in a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as you may have noticed in this episode, there's nobody named Conan. The detective is named Shinichi Kudo. Uh, but he is, in fact, uh, forced to ingest a, a, a poison that instead of killing him, whoops, it turns him into a child. Uh, and so he is forced to live live with his his uh, high school sweetheart and her detective father looking for clues as to the people who poisoned him while solving like a gajillion mysteries as a small child. Okay, okay. <laughs> you got like half of the pilot content in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That is much more interesting than <laughs> what the pilot was. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's a couple things here. They remastered a bunch of the early episodes, including this one. I don't think they fixed that, but we just watched like a 90 minute, you know, that thing where, how do we describe episode one, Michael? They redrew this episode, but also inserted approximately 60 minutes worth of other crap happening. You know what it's like? It's like the Hobbit movies. They did the Hobbit movies. Oh, an extended cut. Yeah. They Hobbited it. They rewrote the script and they redid it, but it tells the same story with with much more detail and background and okay. folds in a bunch of the characters that don't appear until like 100 episodes later. Okay. Yeah, because honestly, what I felt like I was watching was like listening to a child tell a story <laughs> where like, like you ask them like, what happened at school today? And then you get like, you get a little <laughs> bit of what happened during math, but also a 10 minute discussion on a bug he saw. Like it just felt like it was like bopping around so much that it was like okay what what's what's happening. (laughs) The episode does this thing. It's actually kind of similar to the beginning of Detective Academy Q, where it's like the very end of a murder. Except in that, it turns out he's just watching it on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But here, like Shinichi Kudo actually solves the murder. So the opening scene, which with the the song plays over, is the murder. We see the murder happening. So it's like a rainy murder night. That's what I wrote. A guy ties a rope to a ledge. He goes out the window onto the ledge, jumps across, pulls out a gun, shoots a guy in a room, and everyone rushes in to find the dead person. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this fun song is playing over all of that. Then on scene two, like we get that thing where someone explains a murder without us having seen any of the investigation or anything like that just to get it out of the way and establish that he's a brilliant detective, I guess. If you were a person who had like no knowledge of like how systems worked in japan and you watched this as like uh, and you took this as like a oh this is going to inform how like 
I assume Japanese society works. It's just like a bunch of children solving crimes <laughs> and like being able to solve them like instantly. Like there's no there's no like fingerprint dusting or like blood testing. It's like I I the small boy is just gonna emerge. And the police department loves this small boy so much, and he's going to solve our crime. <laughs> he also uh, whipped a globe at an old injured man. So it's a good thing he was right and that that old injured man was not injured. Because <laughs> that would have gone way worse. Could you imagine? It's actually like, uh, it could be a whole interesting mystery, maybe. Like, the, it was a locked room murder. Um, the guy was killed inside the room, so someone had to come in through the window, but he like had to jump across and he used a rope to get back and he tied the rope to a little stick and stuck it between the posts on the, on the veranda yeah. and then pulled it loose. Right. And then the other important part is that he, he's doing the old, like, my leg has healed, but I'm still using a wheelchair so people don't think I'm capable of it trick. Yeah. The, it's just the, the wheelchair was the fake out in the whole situation. I also think that the tough thing with, how this pilot started was that it felt like they were asking you to care a lot about a situation that like you have no emotional connection to, or like any real information on. Like, like I said before, like it felt like I was watching an opening that wasn't going to be connected. And then all of a sudden I honestly assumed that this was the opening was like his dad you know, like something with his dad and that's how he like got into solving crimes or something like that. Yeah, it's really random that he's there. He's at this point, Shinichi Kudo is like a well-established high school detective. So the police consult with him and he's good friends with this police inspector and he gets to all these murder scenes and that's why he's there. Mm-hmm. And he wears a bow tie. He's very precocious. <laughs> Other things I noticed about this scene is he says his catchphrase. Shinjitsu wa itsumo hitots. There is only ever one truth. Uh, which in the dub they translated to one truth prevails. Yeah, they were going for some kind of branding that they didn't quite hit with the dub. Yeah. There's only one truth. One truth prevails. It's kind of similar. Oh, and he does the victim finger point. Or the no, the perpetrator finger point. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, you did it. And he points at the guy. Which he does another time in this episode. <laughs> and, Michael, did you catch the Detective Conan theme song? Did I catch the Detective Conan theme song? Yes. When he kicks the globe at the oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Detective Conan theme. It's like that jazzy theme that plays when he kicks the globe is ba, ba, the theme music ba, ba, that plays at the start ba, 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 of all yeah, like 26 that. Detective Conan movies. Like they've redone <laughs> it a bajillion times. But yeah, it was mostly just to establish him as a detective and it's not actually important. Mm -hmm. uh, after the title screen, we meet his next door neighbor. This was like, not the perfect, but a, like a very like weird example of like a strong improv initiation. It's like, hi, I'm your crazy scientist neighbor. Can't you tell from my backpack? By the way, you have a lot of books. Does your, your cause your father's a writer who is abroad and isn't here. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we know everything about him in one minute. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it very felt it very much felt like a Marty McFly, Doc Brown situation where it's like the clumsy, like lovable scientist and then the the handsome boy, like you know that old pairing. <laughs> That's a good reference point for this character. He also is like the primary person who will know his secret. Okay. At least initially. 
makes gizmos for him. But so they do lots of scheming together. His name is uh, Agasa Hiroshi or Professor Agasa. In English, in the dub, they called him Herschel. Herschel Agasa. Did they call him Agasa? <laughs> yeah. What? What? <laughs> I'm mostly t- telling you the English names. One, in case you've watched Case Closed before, so you know who we're talking about when we talk about Detective Conan, which is the same show. Or two, to frustrate Michael. <laughs> and then in the next scene, we meet Ron and Kogoro. The Mories, yes. Uh, also known as Rachel and Richard Moore. <laughs> when I logged in to watch the episode, in the episode description, and I watched the, the sub, but the episode description referred to her as Rachel. Mm. Mm. Like, they referred, they used the American names, which, like... Does it make sense on an app like Crunchyroll because, like, you're there to watch anime? I can understand if it was, like, Netflix, you know, where you've got, like, a broader audience. But, like, if you're on Crunchyroll, like, you probably can handle and remember all of the Japanese names that are being thrown around. Especially because I don't think the dub is on Crunchyroll. It's just the subs, right? Not currently. Not currently. It's not. Yeah. Someone did some copy pasta from, like, another streaming service oh, or sure. something. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did we learn about these two or anything we picked up from this scene? Uh, okay, Ron is, uh, her dad is also a detective, but can't get any work because the handsome boy in town is <laughs> so popular that he is, he can't get any money to solve crimes. He's also almost always wrong. Okay, so he's a bad detective. <laughs> he's blaming his problems, but that's not the real reason. Okay. He drinks, he's a womanizer, and he's bad at solving mysteries. Okay, so he's like almost like a J. Jonah Jameson of this universe, where he's like, Spider-Man's a menace! <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like they exaggerate it later on as her animation style evolves, but Ron does have this like impossible hairstyle where it kind of sticks up to, you know, to a point. <laughs> <laughs> and that point gets bigger and bigger over the years. Good. <laughs> And then she ends up meeting with Shinichi on the way to school. There's like a t- that thing that always happens in movies and TV shows where there are TV screens on the in the display for a store and the news is playing and it's directly relevant to the plot and the people walking past. You know, that thing that always happens for real. <laughs> and yeah, and, and people are talking about how great he is at being a detective. Yeah, he's like silly good at being a detective. I found it weird. He's like... Oh, yeah, detectives are so popular. Look at these love letters I get. I'm like, I don't, that's never happened. I also, that was one of my notes. Um, uh, he, he's gotten a ton of fan mail, I guess. He's, detectives <laughs> are very popular. Like, he's also super obsessed with Sherlock Holmes, which makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the specific hero worship of a person who doesn't exist, which I find really fascinating. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's that fun conversation where um, where he's like, I want to be Sherlock Holmes. And she's like, you know, Sherlock Holmes is fake, right? <laughs> uh, Ron suggests that like your dad's a writer. Why don't you like write crime novels? And he's like, well, I don't want to write about crime. I want to solve crime. <laughs> um, the last two weeks on the podcast, we've been doing some recent anime and they were both like adaptations of sherlock holmes mm-hmm. we were expecting to do something different this week but then i watched this and it was like oh is this just sherlock holmes again <laughs> <laughs> it's a main reference point for all detective stuff no but all, de- all detectives everywhere 
I I also one of my favorite line in the scene was uh, he kicks the soccer ball like like very well into the net, and Ron again is just like, well, why if, if you had joined the, if you had stayed at the soccer club, you would have been really popular. He's like, I only did soccer to obtain the physical prowess all detectives need. You know how <laughs> notoriously hyper athletic detectives all are. Mm-hmm. Well, going forward, going forward, being good at kicking a soccer ball is incredibly important to his career. Oh my gosh, you should see all the things he kicks at other things. It's <laughs> name an object, and he has kicked it at, at a person. Oh and name God. another object, and he's object kicked it at that. Kicked it at that. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. If, yeah, just flashing forward slightly, uh, basically, his uh, t- two of his most commonly used gadgets as a small boy uh, are his like weird rocket shoes. Like he turns a dial and they start to glow, and then he pops like an inflatable soccer ball out of his bow tie and he kicks it, and it goes like flying. Uh, like a- <laughs> yeah, it it hypercharges the muscles in his six year old leg to give him more strength than a six year old has, so that he can like. To hit the soccer ball with enough force to knock someone. Oh my god, that's incredible! <laughs> Stick around. Um, we're going to cover the introduction of all of these various gadgets, mm-hmm. um, including some that you only see once. The uh, another thing, the other kind of uh, fairy anime thing that happens is like he takes a dig at how bad uh, of a detective Ron's father is, and she gets so angry she punches and like breaks a concrete pillar. Yeah, <laughs> he's so strong. She's a karate star. He also ends up underneath her skirt. That, yeah, I. There's two moments of skirtiness in this episode, and this is the first one. Yeah, and there are a lot. I I sighed <laughs> really hard during both of those shots. You wetted really hard. I sighed to... really side, hard. Side. I was just like, okay, because it feels like that's you know. It just feels like that's such a staple of, like, anime when, like, like uh, presenting a woman and she's in a skirt, you're probably going to see her underwear or you're probably, someone's head is probably going to, like, clumsily end under her, end up under her skirt in a way that, like, doesn't make sense. Like, I went to Catholic school for 12 years and I wore a <laughs> skirt the whole time. Like, it, it it's pretty hard to get under there (laughs) you're just like tripping you like there's something interesting too um i guess you know historically in the u.s like there were these mystery novels for boys and mystery novels for girls like Mm -hmm. you had you had your nancy drew and you had your hardy boys yeah but um both detective academy q and detective conan definitely started with like this young boy audience in mind yeah in the U.S., I do think these days murder mysteries tend to be like what women watch, your yeah. murder shows, you know, and gay men. And uh, no, no, no. Lots of people like murder mysteries. <laughs> but, but I do agree that like, yeah, I would definitely say that Detective Conan is definitely geared towards, at least right now in this episode, is geared towards a more masculine audience. Um, but yeah, I would say that murder mysteries and stuff have kind of flipped into a thing that, like, I know a lot of, like, everybody watches them, but I know that they have become increasingly popular with women, you know. Um, my favorite murder set, they, which is a po- murder podcast hosted by two women, that said that 
people tend to gravitate towards this content because it is a safe way to engage with dangerous situations. You know, I don't, I hope I never get murdered, but like, I'm going to listen. Like, I don't want to be in that experience, but like, I can listen to it and stuff like that. Is that how we explain Fifty Shades of Grey? I think that's just for horny. I just think that's for <laughs> horny people. I don't. I don't. I don't know how dangerous that is. So the the other thing that happens in this scene is we learn that he has promised to take her to the amusement park because mm-hmm. she won her karate tournament, which he forgot about. So there's this brief little interlude where we see the eventual murderer doing something weird that night. You notice like a pill bottle. She cries, and there's pearls on the desk. I wondered for a second if those were pills just because of the placement of the medication bottle. But like, yeah. I was like, those look like pearls, but are they pills? Just because like, you know, pills, some pills are round. But yeah, that little like teardrop of the bing, like the plink sound. And then the very first thing we see at the amusement park is three children. Uh, these three children were not present in the manga in, at this point, because they're introduced later in the story, so they kind of like shoved them into this episode so that they could, I guess, because they're recognizable characters. Okay. Their names are Ayumi Yoshida, Mitsuhiko Tsuburaya, or and Genta Kojima. I should always have Michael say the Japanese names. <laughs> and their English names are Amy Yeager, Mitch Tennyson, and that very common little boy, not an old man name, George Kaminsky. <laughs> yeah, you know how many little boys are named George Kaminsky? Little, little boys past like 1942 are named George Kaminsky. <laughs> and we'll, we'll meet them in more detail later. They each have their like one defining characteristic. They become classmates of de-aged, uh, of, the, of the young Conan when he has to go to elementary school. Okay. But they, we also saw them on the street earlier. They were just watching the TV. So they're very happy to shove these kids into this plot. Yeah. I will say these kids not only bypass the line for the ride because they don't have enough money, but they bypass the usual kids at an amusement park gag of you're not tall enough to ride mm-hmm. this roller coaster. Because <laughs> they just sneak in a hole. This theme park... Yes, let's talk about it. It's a like a, uh, an Easter basket's worth of lawsuits waiting to happen. <laughs> like, like there's just a hole in the wall that a person can go through. <laughs> like that's visible to the naked eye, and it comes out like where the roller coaster is moving past and could knock your head right off. Yeah, like oh my god! Like watching them crawl through, I was like. I thought that they might do the kid gag of, like, three kids in a trench coat. Something, like, that we've seen before. But the fact that there was just this hole in the wall. And also the fact that it was a a pay-to-play theme park and not a admission-covers-everything theme park was, like... Yeah. Very weird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some of that nearby, uh, like, on the Jersey Shore, which is near to Philadelphia, where we currently... Right, I but I don't consider that a theme park in the way that like I consider like Six Flags a theme park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
meanwhile, Shinichi and Ron are also going to be riding this ride, which is the mystery coaster, which mm-hmm. I would totally ride. It looked really cool until the murder happened. <laughs> like, it looked like a really well done roller coaster. Well, you think they discounted the ticket price for this ride like after the murder? I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope that everyone in that car got like free admission, like free rides for the rest of their lives. <laughs> like, so Michael made a dig at me earlier for being like Shinichi. You do you not remember this? When were you like Shin- in our everyday oh. life? <laughs> <laughs> so today and many days, Noah was like Shinichi in this episode in that he just sometimes Noah just arbitrarily re like continues a conversation that we had a day prior as if we were in the middle of that conversation. Like, and also this thing about this thing, like you were talking about that yesterday morning. Yeah, but I was thinking about it on and off for a whole day. Meanwhile, she they've like come to the amusement park because she won her karate tournament, and he is still talking about Sherlock Holmes. And a lot of this episode is her being like, oh, man, I wish you knew I had a big crush on you. I wish you could just stop thinking about Sherlock Holmes and just have a crush on me. But he does the same thing. I know. They both do it. It's like that wonderful, like how messy being like a teenager who has a crush is where it's like, if you guys just were on it, if y'all were honest with each other, you could, you could smooch, mm-hmm. but like, it's, it's this like, will they, won't they? No, I'm not going to say it. No, I'm going to wait until they figure it out. Oh, I don't know. Well, it's this nice little setup where they can be on the cusp of this. We're going to confess to each other, like the next day, probably, <laughs> mm-hmm. but now I'm a child for the next thousand episodes. And we're just going to play this tension forever also i live with you you think i'm six years old and you treat me like a six-year-old boy very weird it's very weird it's very weird dynamic um but he uses his sherlock holmes deductive powers like he mentions how sherlock holmes this is a common sherlock holmes thing where he like walks into a room and looks at somebody and like ah you're a doctor ah you're Blah, 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 blah. I think of like the modern Sherlock where he like looked at somebody's phone and it was kind of scratched up and he's like, you're an alcoholic. Oh, the, the um, I remember this episode, the, um, the charge port. Yeah. It's like, oh, you must be an alcoholic because it's all scratched up. And as someone who has tried to pull this trick in real life, you, it's never good. You're either <laughs> correct and people think you're a douchebag, or you're incorrect and people think you're a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's really not cute to walk into a party and just try to guess who the who who is an alcoholic. <laughs> can I see well, the port on your phone? Can I see? Oh, <laughs> it doesn't just have to be alcoholic because what he does here is he deduces someone is a gymnast. Yeah, and he says it's because she shakes her hand and she has calluses on it. Also, he looked up her skirt earlier and she had gymnast marks on her legs and i'm like i i don't like you don't go up to someone and be like and also i looked up her skirt and that's how i know what her hobby is that's like definitely super sexual harassment and 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 also that person being like oh man that's neat (laughs) like (laughs) like there might be one person out there who's like that was really cool but most people be like ew gross like no thank you <laughs> it's unclear if he says the skirt part like clearly he doesn't change volumes but he is like off the side talking to ron so i don't know if like they're not supposed to have heard it maybe he doesn't say it to everyone and like i've i'm not a gymnast expert i'm not a gymnastics expert but i've watched enough of the olympics to have never seen those bruises on a gymnast's legs <laughs> 
You know, it's not like that, like, oh, those bruises we all know about. It's like, I've never, I've never seen those bruises. Also, if you thought him ending up under her skirt was a bit much, like when he describes it, they <laughs> show like, us a shot of her. It's all <laughs> like Marilyn they might Monroe. As, they might as well have zoomed into, like, the brand of her underwear, how long they <laughs> sat on that pair of underwear. I am very happy, like, I realize I'm doing something deliberate, which is, like, I think for the most part, when we've had stuff that has really objectified women, I bring on, I make sure there are no straight men in the room. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to ask a straight man, like, uh, so that moment where we, where we saw the extended shot of the, of the girl's underwear, like, what did you think of that? What did you, what did you think? <laughs> Was that good for you? <laughs> No, we'll we'll have them on different episodes. We are missing the most important part of this scene, though, uh, because the underpants girl's best friend was like clearly Velma, right? <laughs> Did she have like the olive turtleneck on? She had like an uh, orange turtleneck sweater. She had glasses. She had like the same sort of like bullish. Yeah. Cut. We're starting to get the setup for what ends up being the murder. They are in line. They are actually between a group of friends who are happy to be separated. Speaking of SNL sketches, there was one this past week about like getting uh, sitting on a roller coaster in pairs. Yes, 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 yes. I did watch this one too. But uh, that's essentially what is happening in this scene. So, like, there's four friends that came to the park together. The two platonic friends are in the front, and then they're next, and then, like, the two lovers are behind them. And they're like, yeah, you, we can be separated. Yeah, you've got your just, you're just, just hanging out friends and your horny friends. And sometimes the horny friends are just all too much. <laughs> <laughs> There's a moment where he fantasizes about kissing Ron. Oh, because the the lover birds kiss each other, and he and he's like, "Oh, I should kiss her too," but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think he has kissed her now that they've gone through a thousand episodes, but it takes a while. He's usually a child, so that doesn't help. Yeah, that would be weird. When we watched the special version of episode one, didn't they talk about like the weird flashback thing to when they were in London together? And didn't they establish that he had confessed to her or something? Am I remembering this all wrong? So, yeah, I actually watched this part of the anime. Later on, he sometimes, even though he's a child, gets to temporarily in that kind of like, oh, no, I'm only in in myself again for a couple days sort of setup, return to his former body. And he does so on a trip to London. And he wants to spend time with Ron, but he also has to like stop the serial bombing. That's happening throughout London. And he uh, like fails to confess his love to her or does confess his love to her. That was a different episode, Michael, actually. That was, okay. uh, that was I think, the weird Valentine's Day episode we tried to watch, maybe. Like episode ah, 900 something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen a smash. Sometimes I'm, we're just like, I'm just like, let's pick a random episode and watch it. But no, but, but it, there's a lot of will they, won't they forever. Okay. And a lot of phone conversations where he, pretend, he pretends to still be not a child. On the phone with mm-hmm. her? Oh. With his special uh, second use for his bow tie. His bow tie not only contains an inflatable soccer ball. Oh, no, that comes out of his belt buckle. That's his That's belt right. buckle, Michael. Because the bow tie uh, has two dials on the back, and he can perfectly simulate literally any voice. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> we got to bring you back for, like, once this is full swing, because there's a whole set of gadgets, and there's his shtick, and it is very good. Like, the, the standard murder okay. mysteries get very good. Um, and, yeah, mm-hmm. this pilot... This little murder mystery, I like it, but you're right. It's like three things mashed together. It's too much. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they 
get on the roller coaster and he is still talking about Sherlock Holmes and Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> Arthur who? Arthur who? What? Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh, I, I thought I heard a word that is important for some reason. Okay. We'll talk about next episode whether or not Arthur Conan Doyle has some connection to him being called Conan forever. It does. But she does this terrible thing where she's like, can't you see the way I feel about you pretending to be earnest? And then she goes back, ha ha ha, I was just kidding. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not, that's not fun. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit like back forth, back forth, because she's like, don't you know how I feel about you? Ha ha, just kidding, idiot. But also, I was really looking forward to this hand grab, but it's because I'm screaming at like, yeah, make up your mind. They are, they are pretty well suited for each other. They are. They're yeah. a good. They're a good pair from like the twenty minutes I watched. Like they, they, it, like it. It makes sense that like from the jump you're like, ooh, like. So uh, let's. The murder's about to happen. It happens while they're riding the roller coaster, which is one of the more difficult ways to do a murder. It's like a fast moving roller coaster, but it has a dark portion I, in a cave. I don't know how this person accomplished this. Uh thing <laughs> well all we see right now is like they're riding and there's like a little drop of water on shinichi's forehead and then there's like a ching, and the children are still walking in the dark portion that those three kids from earlier and just a person's <sighs> head falls on the ground right next to them where where are the security cameras in this roller coaster like <laughs> if this was disney those kids wouldn't have gotten like two feet without someone picking up the fewer people in the pirate village um the, the girl ayumi <laughs> picks up a pearl off the floor and then the roller coaster comes out of the tunnel yeah and it's just like like beam of white light yeah just coming out of this guy's neck. he just had a big ball of light inside his body and it's shooting out <laughs> It's a weird censorship. Yeah, he's bleeding quite a bit. But of course, when they get off the roller coaster, no one is being allowed to leave for the moment. We didn't mention these two men in black, but they, they were also riding the roller coaster, and they were on the same car. With a briefcase. I'm like, I at Six Flags, I got sent to the back of the line because I had a chapstick in my pocket. How are they going to bring a briefcase on a roller Good coaster? Good point, because later we <laughs> learn that this briefcase has, has what in it? I think I wrote down 100 million yen. There's a hundred million yen in this briefcase, and they take it on a roller coaster. No, they get paid a hundred million yen in a different briefcase later. Oh, okay, never mind. They, you're right. Or is, it the, or is it the briefcase with the poison in it? It's the briefcase with the blackmail material. Oh, okay. Yeah, you still can't, pretty important to not drop off of a you roller can't put coaster. Put that in a roller coaster locker. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, but there's people bringing wild shit on this roller coaster. Like it gets wilder. What was brought I mean, on this roller coaster? Rob and I, the first time we went to Universal Studios in Florida, we watched a couple try to smuggle an infant on the mummy roller coaster. Oh, oh people are so yeah. dumb. Yeah, he was wearing like a, one of those zip up hoodies, but it was also October. So it was like 85 degrees. So it didn't make sense. Um, and then like, I just see her like hold, give him the baby and him just zip up the hoodie. Like, you're not going to be able to see that, like, there's a baby-shaped lump under. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, because it's, like, also the thing of, like, those theme parks are... I'm going on a tangent about theme parks right now. Please do. Um, There's a thing at theme parks where, like, if you have a kid, they put you at, like, a point in the line, and then one person goes, and then then 
the roller coaster comes back, the next person goes, don't like, don't smuggle babies onto things. <laughs> you should always follow the signs. And I will say about that ride, like this, that ride is like a good example. Why? Because you're very surprised at how much of a roller coaster it is because it doesn't start yeah, out being it really, a roller coaster. It jerks you around. It's in Universal Studios, which has a lot of things that are similar that aren't roller, that are not roller coasters where you'd probably be okay to smuggle a child. Yeah. When we went on it, it was Halloween Horror Nights, and I like I was inebriated, and Were I you, never rode a roller coaster inebriated. Uh, and I, I didn't get the impression from the opening part. Like I, everyone's like, "Let's go on this." There's no line. It's it'll be fun. And I'm like, "It was fun." It's like a little car thing, and I'm like, "Oh, it's like a cute little thing." And then all of a sudden, it's like, Hur! "Yeah." <laughs> it's actually not that different from this roller coaster they were on because it's spooky things in the dark. Honestly, pretty similar. But nobody got murdered on that one. Yeah. So let's 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 solve this murder, right? So there were eight people okay. total on the car. Mm-hmm. In the very front, there were the two friends of the victim. And then Ron and Shinichi were in the next set. And then the victim and her his girlfriend were in the next car. And then the two men in black were all the way in the back. And how cute was that diagram that they used? <laughs> like they're, they were like little schmoopy dolls yeah. uh, of Ron and Shinichi. And then everyone else had a light bulb head that came on. And we were like, they were sitting there. And they were sitting there. And the, But they drew the victim with his, like, his head was just like cartoonally uh, off of his body. Yeah, it was like popping off. <laughs> and everyone's Very first assumption is the person sitting in the row with the victim w- killed him because, right, like that makes total sense. Although they yeah. like pull a bloody knife out of the purse and later on they're like, wait, while riding a roller coaster, he took this like butcher knife and sawed her head off. Like, how does that work? Yeah, she would have to be so intensely strong and that knife would have have had to have been so sharp that she could have just one shot at his like through his <laughs> final cord like you could you can't do anything while you're riding a roller coaster no you can't <laughs> that's how i don't understand how like i understand that she's a gymnast but gymnasts don't like do do like the balance beam during like g-force <laughs> like, yeah so so it turns out that the that the gymnast hitomi is the murderer how did she mm-hmm. how did she do it katie okay so she during the blackout part of the roller coaster with all the spooky projections she climbed over Detective Conan and put it uh, a rope around the guy's neck and then threw it at through the rope and the rope had a grappling hook and the grappling hook caught on um, the track and then that popped the the force of that popped his head off. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other the other detail is that the wire that she uses to sever like the the rope wire is in her necklace which is why the beads popped off but i'm i'm thinking to myself like she clearly the grappling hook wasn't in the necklace it was in her purse why not just put a rope in the purse also yeah <laughs> the other thing is that grappling hook is probably still on the rail or it's right below it like there is evidence that is findable i mean it was they literally at the end they're like here look it's the obvious evidence it's literally your necklace and the beads are still on it and it's a grappling hook attached and they also explain (laughs) how she was able to move around while the ride was moving which is that she like put her bag behind her so that the restraint didn't close is this one of those lawsuit moments you were going to talk about katie (laughs) Um, I think this is also a lawsuit moment my biggest one was that children could just climb into a building (laughs) but yeah it's like sure okay I understand that but also I mean I don't but like okay I'll follow your logic here but that's not accounting for how fast the roller coaster is moving 
you know, like roller coasters, like slam you against the the back of a seat. That's the point. Like the combination of the restraints and the G force keep you in your seat. So she has to be so strong, right? Yeah, there was someone I was reading about recently who I think like their thing came off and they on a roller coaster and they had to hold on. It's not good. Yeah. I have nightmare thoughts about that. Even though I've ridden a lot of roller coasters in my life, I think about that like constantly. Well, it's like anything <laughs> with a very small amount of risk, like riding a plane or uh, is a good example or getting struck by lightning. Like so many thousands of people ride roller coasters every year and are safe. Like you're you're gonna, you're probably going to be safe. Right, but it, it's that like that thing of like, but what if? Like, what if it's me? What if I'm the the one person who got eaten by a grizzly bear this year? Well, that's why you like don't have the dueling dragons at Islands of Adventure anymore because things would fall out of people's pockets and hit the people in the other roller coaster. Yeah, someone lost an eye on that roller coaster. Yeah. Someone dropped a grappling hook out of their purse and it hit her right in the eye. It yeah, you know, you gotta have a grappling hook when you go to a theme park. You don't know what's gonna happen. So we talked about how he saw what like what happened, but I will point out he does the same thing he did earlier in the episode. He like points at the murderer. He says the there is only one truth again. It was you closing door. Oh, the door closes and then there's a commercial break and then the door opens. <laughs> yeah, that door that closes and opens. There's like this big door that closes and opens. That's the thing for this show. It still happens. Yeah, yeah it it definitely felt like. Uh... Like, yeah, it felt like this is a thing that's going to be used in the show as like a, a button, like scoop. And now we can, I want to talk about crying. So one of the clues that he found <laughs> was that she was crying while the ride was happening, which made her tears go horizontally. And he noticed she had horizontal tear lines. And he, he noted he, the thing that fell on him was a teardrop. He deduced that. Then this sad music starts playing. It's actually like a, another theme song. Which also has a um, a version with lyrics. It's very commonly used. And not only does she start crying and confessing her crime, but like all the women in a fifty yard radius start crying. Yeah, <laughs> like, all start over this. Crying. It's not. It's not even a good sob story. It, 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 you could sum it up with he left me for someone else, so I decided to kill him. Like that's that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I would be like, oh, man, I'm so sad for my friend. I feel like, what happened <laughs> to Janet? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's no reason for everyone to cry. There are times when the victims have these stories of like that where where there's really something terrible that's happened to them. And it's very sad and they yeah. become a murderer. I could maybe see someone crying there. Or some of those uh, some of these really depressing uh, endings to murders we saw in Detective Academy Q. They loved really depressing resolutions <laughs> but here like why is everyone crying ron is still crying in the next scene when they're walking around together maybe it's like a trauma response because they all did go on a fun thing that someone died that's true so, like, their, adren their adrenaline was up yeah yeah i hope it wasn't because like oh wasn't her story so sad he tells ron to forget about it and she's like i can't Specifically, Shinichi's like, Ron, these sorts of things happen all the time. And Ron is like, no, they don't. I'm like, girl, <laughs> if you knew the next thousand episodes of your life, this shit happens everywhere you go. 
everywhere. All the murders <laughs> she discovers help solve all this stuff. It's like a um, murder she wrote where it's like, how many murders can happen in one sleepy New England town? I guess <laughs> hundreds. You know, or flash forward to movie number four where she's being chased by a murderer with amnesia running around this same theme park. Oh my, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch that episode. That sounds really interesting. Ooh, there's also the one with uh, the one movie with the roll with. Oh, we're sorry, with the giant Ferris wheel. Yeah, and the the, the Ferris wheel That's like much comes loose on. because of the bomb. That's pretty crazy. There's a, there's a lot of movies, and they've done the movies. There's a movie on a blimp. There's a movie on an airplane. There's a movie on a ship. There's a movie where they're in a skyscraper. It's not the movie skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> Also, from a theme park perspective, Tropical Land, terrible theming. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't do, they they really dropped the ball on the theming in that place. There's not much tropical going on. No, there's not much tropical going on. So we have this moment where the two of them, like, have, have the thing. It's the thing where you say goodbye to someone for just a moment, but it ends up being goodbye for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's because one of the suspicious men in black from the roller coaster is walking the other way and Shinichi is going to chase him. Yes. And uh, Ron's shoelace snaps and it's like very dramatic. And I looked this up. It is like a Japanese, like, like a old wives tale folklore omen. Uh, if your shoelace snaps, it indicates something bad's going to happen. Uh, and it's apparently reminiscent of a Japanese funeral custom where like you go to the funeral in these special sandals. And then after the funeral, you cut the uh the thong on the sandals and throw them away so like oh, people say, okay. your shoelace snaps like as someone is leaving or as you're leaving the house it's an indication that something bad's gonna happen and he like walks away into the darkness and we get this sh- shot of ron surrounded by darkness and she's like i got the horrible feeling i'd never see him again you know because she's the perspective character this episode and she's been narrating to us <laughs> no it's just this moment what did you make of that <laughs> katie i thought it was a little dramatic <laughs> in the moment. Did it then surprise you what happened next? Yeah, it did surprise me what happened next. But in that moment, I was like, it's the first episode of, of a series. I don't think they're going to kill off the, the person who the show's about unless they like sag on you. And then it's about Ron, you know? <laughs> they do have spinoff shows about other characters. I don't think she has her own... Uh series though yeah so he's following these guys so these are the men in black they are long-running antagonists throughout the series who we will learn very little about but they have fun names yeah <laughs> they all have code names that are alcohol based so based on the appearance of two, these two men which alcohol do you think they are have we found have we heard their code names yet Did we hear their code names in no. this episode i don't think so so the, the one guy was really thin and tall and blonde and the other guy was kind of a, a, a stout, shorter, stouter man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say vodka and rye. That's what I'm oh going to say. Oh, my God. You got one of them right. Did I? Yeah. The tall one is vodka and the short one yeah, is gin. The tall one is vodka and the shorter one is gin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Those all that also makes sense as a pairing. Yeah, they introduce more and more of these until in that movie Michael was describing with the Ferris wheel, you have blue curacao. <laughs> just scraping the bottle. It's like, like it's just like Agent Mad Dog. <laughs> Jägermeister, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> 
So they claim that the reason they had to ride the roller coaster was to get to get a survey of the scene. Um, only one of the guys is here, like uh, approaching someone else who was waiting for him. But I'm wondering, like, Katie, if like you could expense account going to a theme park and riding on roller coasters, would you join a criminal organization if they would cover your expenses <laughs> for like Disney World? <laughs> Um, ugh, uh, probably if it was like a lifetime annual pass holder thing, maybe, <laughs> but, but if it was like one time all expenses paid trip to Disney, I'd be like, I don't, I don't think I need to be like a Coke mule for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> just some blackmail. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't think, I, I also have a terrible poker face, so like, I don't think I'd be uh, an asset to the organization. Um. So they, this guy, as Shinichi watches from like around a corner, the guy trades a hundred, no, he trades blackmail materials, like photos they've taken of this guy for a hundred million mm-hmm. yen. But then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, remember there was a second guy? Well, that guy has snuck up behind Shinichi and knocks him out with a, with a bat. Wait, are you saying while he was distracted, his partner came up from behind him and struck him? Sorry, that's approximately what he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So the, the thing I was, I was thinking that too during this scene, because this thing where he's like on the ground, they decide not to shoot him. Um, they say it's because there's too many police people around. So they give him this experimental poison. And this, yeah. the, you see, like, he's kind of unconscious on the ground, and they lift up his head and, like, drop the pill in and, like, put a little vial of water. And that this particular moment is shown so many times. In episode two, there's a clip of it where it explains, like, I was knocked out, and they gave me this strange poison. At the start of every one of these movies, again, there's, like, 26 of them, they show this clip. We've seen it <laughs> so many times. It's It was... Like, what they were doing was bad, but I, I, for some reason, them, like, taking the time to put the water in his mouth, <laughs> my brain went, that was oddly considerate. <laughs> like, they didn't just, like, the, like they're like, all right, just here like, we hot. go. Yeah. <laughs> I get a little bit not wanting to use a gun because this is Japan where guns are outlawed. So you're basically, like, if you shoot somebody, you're putting up a red flag. This is a highly organized criminal organization that has killed this person. Yeah, they said that the poison the poison is so specific it won't show up in op- on autopsies. And the, this poison is a big deal. I mean, they talk about it a lot. Uh, maybe there are other characters that also get shrunk in about 150 episodes. Okay. Okay, so this is my that was going to be my question is is Detective Conan having a specific like reaction to it where he becomes a small boy or is this the the common thing where if you get this poison put in your mouth you become a small version of yourself you usually die it's supposed okay, to kill you okay you usually die if i'm not mistaken uh the creator of the po- the creator said poison sort of misrepresents its effectiveness slash hides the side effects from the organization so this is like a uh, a Kronk giving Cusco llama potion instead of poison potion. No, these two guys think it's going to kill them. And they've probably used it before and it has killed people. So it is like you give it right. to a thousand people, 999 die, and one of them wakes up as a six-year-old. Becomes a small boy. <laughs> one of them is like, where did my mask go? Where, where did the rules of physics go? Where are my bones? <laughs> he pooped it out. 
he he does say like oh it feels like my bones are melting or something uh let's jump to the post credits did you stick around after the song through the song and see what happened at the end i didn't oh katie <laughs> no you're good i'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad you. anime fan so uh <laughs> at the very end of the show what happens is these two cops come up to him and they find him in a pile of clothes and he's now a small boy <gasps> small boy and it's like uh what's gonna happen Okay, so that is why I didn't know the twist because I didn't watch the credit, the post-credit scene of him being a small boy. And you're on a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Well, not all of the Wandavision episodes had a uh, post-credit scene. It's true. It's true. For listeners uh, to this, we are recording this at the time that there is one episode left of Wandavision oh, yes, it, in its original area. It, it's one of the six days between <laughs> Wandavision episode eight and Wandavision episode nine. It's a very specific time. Yeah, and you're all on the other side of it, and you know what happened and how traumatized or excited we're about to be. True. Mm-hmm. Is everyone Mephisto? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> I did like the ending song. I think we can talk about that maybe next week or the week after. Um, but it was pretty good. At the end of every episode, they kind of do a preview of the next episode, and they give the Conan's hint. Next Conan's hint! And the hint for next week is Skyscraper. Ooh. I looked, it's a fun Japanese word. It's very fun. It's chokosobiru, which is super super high layered building, which is very fun. Oh, that's fun. fun. How do you say super (laughs) high layered sandwich? Uh, I guess it would be chokosando. Hmm? okay (laughs) and uh so next we're gonna cover episode two next week um and get the get the whole show set up and yeah next episode he realizes he's shrunk he comes up with a new name for himself he rides around on a dog ron does some karate it'll be a fun time good all right (laughs) so i do want to share one thing which is i was like all over the wiki for detective conan and people have put in such detailed notes about this show. It's a great resource. It's also full of spoilers for like the whole run of the show. But it was from the wiki that I learned there. They have a whole list of differences from changes from the manga to anime. And the main ones are um, like the kids didn't appear in this part. The professor didn't appear yet. Uh, Mori Kogoro didn't appear yet. They were all like worked into the plot to introduce those characters. And then there's a lot of stuff about differences from the dub, uh, which is pretty minor. Mm-hmm. Pretty minor stuff, like, you know, like little circumstantial stuff. But but uh, I do want to mention, so there were four suspects slash the victim. And the, every week they had to come up with new English names for these new characters that were introduced. So this week... They already had names. <laughs> they didn't have to, but they did. So this week, Hitomi, the murderer, became Haley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Aiko, the, uh, the lover, became Ashley. Mm-hmm. Kishida, the victim, became Kenneth, and okay. Reiko, which is Velma, the Velma became yes. Rico. R i k k o, Rico, Rico. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't listen to it. I just read it off the website. <laughs> I also think I mentioned they did a remastered version where they like t- put brought this up to HD. And the show has definitely become much more popular with family and children since it first aired. So they actually like toned the violence down and cut out like the scene with the blood isn't in the remastered version. And the head dropping on the floor near the kids isn't in the remastered version. So it's a little less violent. Yeah, it's a popular show. Not like a popular anime and that like lots of nerds like it, but it's like actually like a show that 
normal people would watch. I think it's it's very commonly like the like the top ten things watched in a week when there's new episodes. Yeah. So and there's new episodes like, like all top, the time. Ten, top ten things like yeah. Top I mean, 10 shows. I could I could totally see a, a family sitting down to watch this show and like thoroughly having a nice time, you know, watching it because there's. I think it's I think it's just mature enough for adults where like it's not like boring, but it's also not it's not like you're sitting your kid down for an episode of True Detective, you know, like it's it's written for kids, but it's interesting enough where adults can also enjoy it and not feel like they're watching a show for small kids. I was like 22 years old and I couldn't sit down and watch True Detective because I was bored. (laughs) So, so a child would, most children would not i was more thinking of like the content yeah, yeah. of true detective yeah. which is like you know a, a murder sex cult in like the bayou oh, yeah. of mississippi and it's like i don't know if i want my kid seeing that <laughs> so katie mm-hmm. uh how did this compare to detective academy q you saw two episodes of that um i think that Detective Academy Q had a lot more going on from the jump that was, I think, more fully explained or fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Where like they I think that the starting with the murder and then it being a TV show was like, oh okay. And then the crimes, like the crime starting small and then ending really big. So he like, like this kid solved like two huge crimes in like 20 minutes. But I think, (laughs) I think that, um, again, it's a pilot. So, you know, a lot of pilots of shows are really clunky compared to the, the whole run. Detective Academy Q did a better job of kind of paving the path to get to where, they need to get. You heard it here, folks. Katie says Detective <laughs> Academy Q is the better show. <laughs> oh, as of, it's the better pilot. <laughs> I I can see that. I think, you know, if you had watched episodes one and two, you would have a very different... Yeah, I think so too, probably. Episode two is just a kidnapping. It, like, scales way down. <laughs> but he's okay. also getting used to being a child and, like, it's setting up the whole rest of the, the premise of the show. Right. But yeah, I think it, the show becomes very formulaic, but it does take a while to get there because Michael's bringing up all these gadgets and eventually he uses them all regularly. But like they introduce those like one here and then another one in a couple episodes. There's lots of characters that get introduced. There's a long way to go. Um, and we're not going to mm-hmm. go straight through. We're not going to watch every episode necessarily for a couple reasons. So the the murder at the beginning, right? Like we didn't see any of the clues, whatever. But the murder on yeah. the roller coaster... It was short and it was condensed, but we did, quote, see all the clues. It was kind of an impossible thing to do anyway. So how, how like, how fair was it? How satisfied were you by the conclusion? Um, It was, I, I wasn't like, oh, this is the best murder mystery I've ever seen in my life. But I think that what they tried to do is really compelling. I just don't know if they stuck the landing in the way that they thought they might, at least for me. Yeah. Let's just say uh, the show hadn't been practicing landings enough to get bruises on their upper thighs. 
Yeah, honestly, I would say that this would have been a really solid, like, middle of season one or, like, end of season one. Like, this is the, this, we're, we're gearing up to this, like, crazy, complicated murder. And it's this, <laughs> like, this was a big, um, this is a big jump oh, to boy. make for your first episode. This whole world is crazy, complicated <laughs> murders. It's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a crazy world out there. Uh, what's your, what's your skinny on watching more? Are you intrigued? Are you repelled? Now that I know that he's a small boy for most of it, I'll probably at least check it out. Like just to see what (laughs) a small boy solving crimes. (laughs) But if it didn't have that twist, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty important. You know, because like Detective Academy Q had the twist of like they go to detective school. So there's like that formula. I love a good we go to a specialized school for something anime. But yeah, I don't know if I would just watch like a precocious kid, just a teen just run around and solve crimes. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people have enjoyed case clothes enjoyed detective conan over the years maybe you're listening to our podcast for the first time because you wanted to see what we had to say about it uh we're huge fans but we're gonna bring on folks who are have never seen it before are also huge fans get everybody's reactions and thoughts and enjoy the murder mysteries if you watch this show you know there's a lot of like really solid standalone mysteries which we we got to do the pilot and stuff to get to the regular episodes in the middle um but anyway i think the reason i said all this is because if you are listening and you have opinions whether this is if you've just seen the pilot or you've seen 800 episodes of this, email us those opinions at dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. And we will share them with uh, all of the shrunken detectives that listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to draw fan art of what Noah and I would look like as six-year-old detectives, <gasps> send that along too. I feel like that's... <laughs> Anyway, okay, you can try. <laughs> please do it. Please I would love to Noah's, see those. Keep Noah's beard. I want to see six-year-old Noah with a beard. Um, how how old do you think I was when I first started having facial hair? Because you're not that far off. <laughs> oh, cool, perfect. <laughs> oh, you know, there's a lot of upsides about like getting uh, what what's the, what's the Zac Efron movie? Seventeen again? Yeah. Or you know, six years old again? There's a lot of upsides to that, but I haven't thought about the upside of not having to shave. That is nice. That would be a nice uh, benefit. Katie. Yes. What what are you up to? So like, you've been a, you've been a joy. (laughs) You've been a pleasure. If people want to continue to, to hear your thoughts and opinions or, you know, I don't know, where are you at? Um, you can really only hear my thoughts and opinions right now on, uh, Oh Snap, the MCU podcast I'm on. We're going to be talking about, like, we're starting with WandaVision and then we're going as, as Disney cranks out more Marvel content, we'll talk about that stuff. But that's kind of really it. I'm not really doing much besides like cooking a kid. You know, if you want to, like, <laughs> listen to my thoughts about that, you can just, like, call me on the phone. <laughs> As clarification for our listeners, Kitty is not a witch who lives in a candy house and devours small children that wander in. She is ha- having a child. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm not luring children from my neighborhood and cooking them into, into blood paste. Is this not a situation where skin? there could be a Venn diagram? Like, who, who says it's only one or the other? 
<laughs> yeah. Currently, I am not doing that. It's just too, it's too much work, you know? Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming and hanging out with us again. Thanks for having me. We'll definitely have to bring you back for an actual, and, and the same thing to Nick Elmer, who is, the, the second episode is, is I like less than the first episode. And it's it's almost at this point, I almost like, do I actually hate Nick Elmer that I keep making him come back for these episodes? <laughs> anyway, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. And everyone join us next week for episode two. And follow along with us on social media. Follow us on Dying Message Podcast on Facebook at Dying Message Pod on Twitter so that you know when our newest episodes have come out. If you've ever been turned into a six-year-old and had to establish a new identity and like build up your brand again, you know how hard it is to get your name out there and be known. And you can help us get our name out there and be known by rating and reviewing us, like on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen to us, or if you're on a different service, you can subscribe, follow us. That helps other people find our podcast. And then uh, send us that email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com so we can share your thoughts to be recorded on the air. Okay. We've talked about all sorts of things, but we haven't talked about a very important mystery regarding some cats and a pillow. Um, okay, so uh, as as we as as we've all revealed, I'm pregnant and coming have being pregnant means that your your body changes obviously and I can't sleep on my back and my cat has uh, really taken a shine to um, the pregnancy pillow we bought for the bed. Like, I, I think he really likes being close to me because it means that he gets a chance to, like, be on the big donut pillow that we bought. That's it. So so the solution is <laughs> you, you thought your cat liked you, but your cat just likes the pillow. Yeah, I think it's the cat likes the things around me, not necessarily me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading this article about the study they did about cats versus dogs. Mm-hmm. So they had done this th- experiment with dogs where like someone mistreated the dog's owner and then offered the dog a treat and the dog was like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then they did the same yep, thing with I, cats. I know where this is going. <laughs> and the cats were like, yes, I'll eat your treat. <laughs> yeah, cats, like, cats are wonderful. Like I love cats, but their sense of like their moral compass is all fucked up in a way that I don't understand. Like they're not, they're not, uh, dogs, like, uh, dogs will be loyal to you. If you treat, if you treat them like with love and respect, they will be loyal to you until like they die. But cats will throw you under a car if it means that like they can get some more catnip than they had previously. Well, my friend and former roommate, Cindy, uh, she's worked at pet stores for many years and she had a customer that came in and was taking care of, uh, the cat that belonged to his late friend. And apparently the cat had eaten his friend's face after he died. And then this guy had to take care of the cat after that. Oh, my God. Like, knowing that he ate his friend's face. So that's oh cats, everyone. God. <laughs> you love them. You hate them. They're going to live in your house you no matter what them. you do. <laughs> but you got to face facts. <laughs> and that closes the case on this week's dying message the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast, episode 33, in which we mostly succeed at explaining the premise of Detective Conan. 
podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom, music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Katie Swerko. Coming up, when is a kidnapping not a kidnapping? Contrarily, what if it is a kidnapping? Also, how small does a child need to be to ride a dog like a horse? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note. The Dying Message. She is a very funny person. And one time she solved the mystery of whether or not, nope, uh, whether or not bangs would be a good idea for her. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the previous one. She solved the mystery. What did I say? Of the, no. The feline affections. Of the, of the feline affection. (laughs) Darn it. That was, that was pretty smooth. Okay. You can do like half of it and smash them together. It's fine. It's easier to do the whole thing. No, just leave it as is. Just like this. (laughs)